With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real. You're already working hard to earn your money. But how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Friday, April 15th, and we are here to take the mystery out of your financial life. But uh, I will tell you, your host was a little busy yesterday. I was all set to go into work to do our last minute tax tips, which you will hear. It's great. But then Mr. Elon Musk, Mr. Billionaire, richest guy in the world, went off and uh, said, hey, I want to buy Twitter. So I went in a little early and was able to chat with Gail King and Tony DeCopel and Vladimir Dutier about this hostile takeover and what it might mean for Twitter. So let's just play that so that we have that first. And then uh, I'll come back and introduce my next segment, two for the price of one today. Elon Musk wants Twitter, but he doesn't got it yet. Time for What to Watch. We've got Jill here, our money expert, to talk about it. And Vlad, you're going to run us through the top of the... Of the introduction to this whole conversation? He doesn't have it yet until no. I say he has it. Oh, oh really? Watch. Oh, oh, I'm only oh, okay. kidding. I'm only kidding, Elon. Uh, yeah, we are going to talk about Elon more. online, too, for you, Vlad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What to watch? What, I'm buying that, too, Vlad. <laughs> <laughs> so we got more on billionaire Elon Musk's bombshell offer to buy 100% of Twitter. This morning's announcement came just days after he bought more than 9% of the social media platform and then backed out of an offer to join Twitter's board of directors. Musk says Twitter, this is a quote now, Twitter needs to be transformed as a private company. So, yes, we've got Jill here to break this all down. I find this absolutely fascinating that he rejected the offer uh, to join the board and then decided in this filing with the SEC that he wanted to buy the company outright to take it private. Right. He doesn't want to be, I think, guided by SEC rules. Now, remember, when you're a publicly traded company, the SEC has a series of rules about board directors the number of shares and percentage of shares you own, the disclosures you have to make. And you have what's called a fiduciary responsibility to your shareholders. You've got to do what's right for the shareholders first before anyone else. 
And if by, he takes it private, if he what takes will that it mean? private, he doesn't have that. He has a responsibility to who? Himself. himself. He himself. could do whatever he whatever wants when he, he wants. wants. Exactly. And so I think this is a really interesting moment of a hostile takeover of a company to bring it private, so he has control over it. So who who decides whether this hostile takeover is successful? Will right. he actually take control of the company? Well, I mean the shareholders. So here's what's really fascinating. Because they here. don't have to sell it. To they, don't, no, they don't. don't have, have to. It's to. Yeah. appeal but, to the shareholders, and and they have to be the ones. He's dangling a lot of money in there. Absolutely, yeah. and you only have to get a certain percentage of those shareholders to say yes before doing it. So a few numbers for you guys. Um, if you look back, I looked at uh, Twitter's IPO price back in 2013 was 26 bucks a share. Mm. It went up to 45 after the first day of trading. It has had a bumpy ride. In fact, if you look at Twitter, say, compared to Facebook, Facebook's stocks have has crushed it. And what is he offering now? And he is now offering $54 a share. Now, listen, there are some folks that I just spoke to very quickly on my ride into work who said 54 is too low. The stock just traded at 70 a couple of, uh, you know, within the last 12 months. So there are shareholders who could hold out for more. But remember, this is a very uh, compelling offer to just get out of a stock that has been underperforming. He did say that years. his offer is 54%. It's a 54% premium over the share price before he started buying the shares and a 38% premium over the day he made it public. Can I just say one thing about that, though? Because he didn't disclose it, he was able to buy shares before. If you knew Elon Musk was buying, you'd be like, let me sit back and see what happens. Mm -hmm. But people who sold it to him say, um, a few weeks ago, they didn't know they were selling to Elon Musk. They missed the first 38% rise in the stock. Yeah. And now they may say, oh, I want that money back. So you're a Twitter user and you're sitting here today. What does this mean to you yeah. if he buys it? Well, pros, do you have a pros and cons? I, I think what he has said is he wants to make this a subscription-based model. That is fascinating to me that what, he would, what's the, I don't get Like that. if you're all about free speech yeah. and the public saying what it needs to say, why would you take it private and make it subscription-based? Because I think he wants to make money. And I think there are a lot of analysts who look at this company and say it hasn't made as much money as its potential because you need an ad base. But he's but the also, richest man in the world. Yeah, he, Why are you saying he needs to make money? Uh, because he wants to be something more than that. Well, I think he also wants to influence the conversation. Okay. We were talking before we came on the air. This is a product, Twitter that is not so much a moneymaker, but it does influence media, government, politics. You're in the conversation but so when you own currently, under the current configuration, does Donald Trump come back if Elon Musk is? I think that there's a possibility that that gets reversed. I really but do. It, it's, a, it's a tug and pull between making money and free speech, right? Either you're all about, you want to make it this platform for spe free speech, or you're saying to yourself, I want to make it about but you could have two. You could have two different levels. You could have an ad-supported one, and you could ah. also have one that is a subscription base. And it's going to be interesting to see. This story's not over yet. It's the beginning. The filing is the beginning of the battle. Okay, so it's a long way between now and getting a deal done for Twitter. So we'll have to keep an eye on this. It's interesting. It's not the only thing because probably it's much more important that we give you some last-minute tax tips because that's probably a deadline that many more people care about than whatever happens to Twitter. Um, one thing that we did not get to in this segment was uh, what to do if you cannot pay. Now, obviously, you are not the only person who has a tax bill due. Just want to remind everyone, you can have a short-term payment plan. That's just do it for no fees. On the IRS website, irs.gov, you'll get another 120 days to pay. You can also choose a long-term payment plan, which you can apply for through an IRS installment agreement. And, you know, obviously that's a longer-term monthly payment plan. 
There's also credit or debit card, but I, yeah, yeah, I don't like that. That's an expensive way to go. Anyway, uh, this is what you need to keep in mind. This is me and Tony DeCopel talking about last minute tax tips. In today's Money Watch, we've got some timely advice on taxes if you're filing at the last minute. And if you're listening to me now and you haven't filed, you are. The deadline to submit your taxes for 2021 or ask for an extension is just a few days away, Monday, April 18th. As of April 1st, more than 63 million of your fellow Americans have got refunds from the IRS. And the average refund, get this, more than $3,200. That is up 11.5% from last year, and it could help with inflation. CBS News' business analyst Jill Schlesinger joins us now. Jill, thank you for being here. Uh, If you haven't filed your taxes yet, what should you do? Take a deep breath, file electronically, and you know this, check, double-check, triple-check. You know the biggest errors are things like inverting a Social Security number or signature. If you are clinging to your paper returns, it's going to take longer, so please try to do electronic. But if you are doing paper, check the mailing address. The IRS says people send their returns to the wrong place. If people have plans this weekend other than collating receipts and filing taxes, what should they do about an extension? So you file for an extension right on the IRS website, irs.gov. It's a great website. And the form that you are looking for, and it'll be right there, is 4868. That is giving you six months extra to file your taxes. But here's the little caveat. You forget about this part, yes. Okay, you have to pay if you think you owe taxes, even if you're on extension. So you gotta do this work anyway. And if you don't, the government will charge you interest on what you owe. And penalties. However, if they owe you money, there's no interest, so you might as well grab it. Uh, Tell me about that. People are getting a lot of money this year. Yeah, I mean, so you have $3,200 that's coming in on average. And people keep saying to me, what do I do with this money? So number one, you may wanna keep it on hand. We have four decade highs in inflation. And according to government data, this is costing the average American an extra 350 or 400 bucks a month. $3,200 Exactly. Yeah. So you may need that. But let's say you've got enough money. You know my big three. I say this all the time. Please have an emergency reserve fund. You know, things are going to continue to be expensive. Two, pay down debt. Get ready to pay down those student loans. That's going to happen at some point. And three, try to put money into a retirement account. I think this is an important thing. A lot of people, by the way, if you're going on extension, you don't get an extension to put money into an IRA or a Roth IRA. You still have to do that by the April 18th deadline. So please pay attention to that. If you can, do it. So people could pour it into a new business they've started. A lot of Americans have done that during the, the pandemic. If you started a new business in the 2021 tax year, what should you keep in mind? Well, what you should keep in mind is no one is withholding taxes for you. And that means you may need to make quarterly estimates of your tax bill. And it's a drag. I get it. But go onto the website. You'll have worksheets there. You can figure out either how much you owe, what your actual estimates should be. Four quarterly estimates will keep you out of problems. So you say don't call the IRS if you have questions. What do you do then? Uh, you go onto the you go onto the website. The IRS received 282 million calls last year, and they answered 11 percent of okay, them. Right. So let's not call them. Okay, that's it. That's a, a two for the price of one for TV hits yesterday. If you've got a financial question, we are here for you. Just go to JillOnMoney.com, click the Contact Us button, and don't forget to let us know if you would be willing to come on the air. Mark does everything else. And uh, speaking of Mark, because it is Friday, I like to do some business. Mark is the executive producer of the program and really the best executive producer in the world. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman, and we are distributed by Cadence 13. 
Try to do something nice for someone else today. Grit, growth, grace, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.